0: I would invite you to join me in your Bible in the book of Psalms, Psalm 137. We're going to read four verses beginning at verse 1. Psalm 137, 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows In the midst thereof, for there they that carried us captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us myrrh, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. They asked, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Today I want to minister to you by the power of the word and God's spirit on the the subject, a song in a strange land. When Israel inherited the promised land of Canaan, the Lord gave them strict instructions concerning farming the land. They were to cultivate their fields for six years and then let the land rest or lie fallow in the seventh year. The Lord promised to give them enough produce increase in the sixth year to last all the way into the harvest of the ninth year. Leviticus 25 records this promise of the Lord, that if you will obey my word and cooperate with my principles, that I will take care of you as you allow this land to rest every seven years. Well, that was God's plan. While Israel was in Canaan for approximately 800 years, for a period of 490 years, they disregarded God's mandate. In their greed, they farmed the land every year, giving no rest in those agricultural cycles. The Lord warned Israel of the consequences of walking contrary to him in Leviticus 25. He said, the land will enjoy its Sabbath. But if it does not, because you do not allow it to rest, then I will take you away so the land can enjoy her Sabbaths. The Lord was true to his word. The northern kingdom of Israel was the first to go into captivity. And then later, the southern kingdom of Judah was taken captive the people of judah went into babylonian captivity as a consequence for their disobedience the lord told them they would be there for 70 years so the land could enjoy its sabbath rest the deportation and captivity of the kingdom of judah happened in three uh, successive deportations out of jerusalem and out of judea there are varying dates that you will find but The first deportation began in approximately 597 BC when the King Jehoiachin and his family, the skilled craftsmen, the warriors, and 10,000 additional captives were taken into Babylonian captivity. In 586 and again in 582, waves of uh, Jewish people were taken into Babylon. When we come to Psalm 137, we see the feeling of the people. It's not just an act of deportation that they're exiled out of Judea into Babylon, but now we get a glimpse into the heart, the mind, and the soul of God's people while they are there. By the rivers of Babylon, verse 1 says, there we sat down. We wept when we remembered Zion. Ezekiel told us in his prophetic writings in chapter 1 and seven other occurrences about a river called Shebar, just one of the many rivers and the canal systems that existed in Babylon. They said that we sat down there. That kind of depicts a picture of no motivation. They were depressed. They were down. They were stuck there. There was nothing that they could do by the rivers of Babylon. These grown men sat down and wept at the loss of their homeland when they remembered Zion. The culture shock of living in a strange land was settling in on them and it was really more than they can take. Jews who were once free were now oppressed in exile in a foreign land. The familiar surroundings were gone. Their future was uncertain. There was no temple there. There was no holy city there. Babylon was indeed in every way a strange land with unfamiliar customs and pagan religion. So here's a group of Jews gathered down by the riverside, but they were not worshiping there, they were weeping there. The feeling of helplessness and hopelessness was overwhelming them, and they were weeping there. This was Also, a fulfillment of what God told them in Leviticus 26. He said, if you do not obey my voice, when I carry you away into captivity, I will send faintness into your hearts in the land of your enemies. So because they had not obeyed the Lord, carried away into Babylonian captivity, sitting down by a river there, they are weeping. Verse 2 tells us, What they did, their emotions turned into actions and they took their harps, their instruments of worship and they said, there we hang our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. We know that harps or lyres were instruments of worship and we realize that willows in the Bible are symbols of weeping. Some translations say poplars, but you can see these Jewish Men hanging their harps on the willows. They are depressed, they are weeping, and they are hanging up their worship. They are giving up. They are now living out a 70-year sentence, and early on they had lost their hope of deliverance. They had to do their time, but now their time was doing them in. And then verse 3 of Psalm 137 tells us, that the Babylonian uh, captors kind of chided them and were rubbing salt into the wound of their captivity. The Bible says in verse 3, they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us myrrh. And they said, why don't you sing us one of the songs of Zion? We want you to sing one of those worship songs that you used to sing back in Jerusalem when you worship God with all your heart. We've heard those stories about your great music, your dynamic worship. So why don't you sing us one of those temple songs here in Babylon? In fact, we demand it. We require it of you. The Jews must have been silent. Have you Jews lost your voice in Babylon? Why don't you strike up the band? Why don't you pick up your heart? Why don't you get your praise on? But Psalm 137 says that they that wasted us were requiring something that we did not have the power to give. Here we were weeping, hanging up their harps in depression, humiliation. First you plunder us. Now you're trying to tell us to sing a song in a strange land. They wanted to know, let's just see if God is really the Lord of the whole earth. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Can you imagine how painful it was for them? Talk about social isolation and distancing. These Jews said in verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? As the heart, at the heart of their answer was a conviction about the sacred nature of worship. You see, to them, worship was something you did when you were in the temple. It wasn't something you did when you were at home or when you were in Babylon, when you were isolated. They were so accustomed to carrying their worship only to a sacred place, to the temple, that they had lost their song. They did not understand that God could move, God could be there, even in a place called Babylon. So they parked their harps. They squelched their song. The grief was overwhelming them. And it was much more than spiritual homesickness. They were tortured by the memories of their city. The gates were burned with fire. The city walls were lying in ruin. They were now the property of the Babylonian kingdom. But yet in their despair, they vowed that they would not forget Jerusalem and they would not allow themselves to forget where God had brought them from. They were lamenting the loss of the familiar and of that sacred house of worship. Zion was Jerusalem, the holy city, Babylon was the seat of pagan power. In the Book of Revelation, Babylon is the symbol and the epitome of evil. At the end, uh, that Babylonian system, uh, the Bible said, "Babylon the Great is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird." So you see, to them, Babylon was a pagan place. It was no place for a song of Zion, a song that was only to be sung from God. To them, it was sacrilegious to sing a song of Zion in Babylon. It would be like singing Amazing Grace at an MMA fight, you know, mixed martial arts. There in what you would think was the least likely place for a song. You see, the lyrics of Babylon are profane. They sing in a different spiritual key. The rhythms of Babylon pulsate with perversion, and the dissonance of Babylon brings discord discord to the heart of a holy person. It is hard to sing your song in a strange land, but that is precisely where we find ourselves today. We're living in strange times. We're living in a strange land. And I'm speaking about the current coronavirus crisis and its effect on the world as we knew it just about a month ago. The health threat is real and ominous. The numbers of people infected are escalating every day. As of last evening, 555 coronavirus cases in Georgia alone. And the death toll is now at 20 and climbing just in our state. There's fear that is in the atmosphere. People that I knew died last week of COVID-19. People that I know and have been around may have been in contact with the virus and may be carriers and Perhaps I've been exposed and you may be fearing the very same thing that maybe I've been around someone and maybe I'll be next on the list of people to contract the virus. Having church online is a strange land. Social distancing is a foreign concept. There are people who are not just alone. The spirit of loneliness has attacked them and they're feeling spiritual as well as social isolation and the feeling, the pain of separation. We're not comfortable being mandated to do anything in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We don't like being told to stay home or stay away from other people. We dread the thought of being quarantined, of locked in for days. We would much rather live in the land of the familiar. But today, I'd like for us to learn a lesson from God's people who were captives, not just for 14 days of isolation or for a month or so, but for 70 years of Babylonian captivity. I want you to learn from then how to live in a strange land. God gave Israel, the land of Judah rather, prophets, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel and others, In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord gave this prophet a message for these Jews who seemed to be living in denial. They were saying to themselves, how can this have possibly happened to us? We're God's chosen people, and so maybe now we're just giving up, hang our harps on the willows, struggle for a new life in a strange land. And Jeremiah begins to speak to them, and he essentially tells them, what you need to do is buckle up and settle in for the long ride. There are false prophets that are telling you this isn't going to last for long. It's only going to be for a brief period. But in Jeremiah 29, (coughs) excuse me, he set the record straight. Jeremiah was still in Jerusalem, but he wrote a letter to the Jews in Babylon. Jeremiah 29.1, he tells them that he sent this letter to them. It gives a little detail there, but in verse 4, Jeremiah said to God's people, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. In Babylon, in this strange country, verse 5, I want you to build houses. I want you to dwell in them. I want you to plant gardens, and I want you to eat their fruit. I want you to get married, and then I want you to beget sons and daughters. I want you to take wives for your sons and then find daughters for your husbands. And then I want you to have children and I want you to be increased there in this strange land, in the land of Babylon, that you would not be diminished. I want you to understand what God was saying to them, that it doesn't matter where you are, or when you're there, or how long you're going to be there. It is never God's plan to destroy his people. He may chasten us. He may place us in a strange land, but he always wants us to inhabit or take possession of where we are. In fact, I believe that God wants us to do the best of things in what we may perceive as the worst of times. The Lord said, I don't have you in this strange country to destroy you. I'm going to bless you and prosper you while you're in a strange land. I have you there to discipline you, but do not press the pause button on your life. Your purpose is not over. I have not abandoned you. I want you to occupy this land. I want you to do the best of things in the worst of times. So I want to encourage you, our church family and the people of God, to keep doing your best to serve the Lord and make the best of every opportunity. In verse 7 of Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah said, While you're there, I want you to seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away. You see, the Jews had a history of trying to overthrow those who tried to take them captive. But now this seems like a very strange message in a very strange land. The Lord said, I want you to seek peace in this city where I've caused you to be carried away captive. He said, in fact, I want you to pray to the Lord for it. I want you to pray for Babylon for in its peace, you will have peace. I want you to stay put. I want you to pray for peace. I want you to seek peace because if Babylon has peace, then you too will have peace. He said, I want you to understand that your peace is tied to the peace of these pagan people. This is a good message for us right now for we're living in a strange land in strange times but we need to pray for our country. We need to make the best of a bad situation. We don't know how long this current crisis will last, but as long as it lasts, we are still the people of God and we are to prosper in a strange land. You might have all kinds of ideas. You might perceive that there are conspiracy theories that you're addressing. You might have some perplexing questions. None of us know the future. We may share a common concern about the overreach of government. We fear losing our civil and religious rights. But right now, the instruction of Jeremiah is applicable to us. Stay put, pray for peace, prosper in the place where God has you right now, make the best of a bad situation. And Jeremiah warn them again. You need to be careful to not listen to the wrong voices. There are some people that are telling you to rebel against this commandment and that this is not going to last long. And I'm today not trying to prophesy how long this current crisis will last. I'm just telling you that I believe God does not want us to idle in this place. He doesn't want us to just give up but he wants us to prosper in this strange land right now. We may be here for a month or longer, and Jeremiah told them, there's nothing you can do to shorten the duration of this exile. So don't just sit around weeping and hanging your harps on the willows and spending every day in depression and misery. Jeremiah said, God has a plan for you. I want you to look at Jeremiah 29 and 10. For thus says the Lord, after seven years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. We love to quote this verse, but perhaps we take it out of context. The Lord said, I've got a future for you, but for the Jews in Babylonian captivity, it was 70 long years away, but God did not want them to live those 70 years giving up Or cashing in or capitulating to the spirit of Babylon. He said, Build houses and live in them. Plant the gardens and eat of them. Get married and have children. Let your children have children. For one of these days I'm going to bring deliverance to you. My thoughts toward you are for peace and an expected end. So I think right now would be a really good time for you to thank God that his hand is on us even at a time like this. So I'm going to take a praise break right now in this message. Would you lift up your hands and open your hearts and let the Lord minister to you right now. Lord, I bless you and I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts right now. We're living in a strange land, but God, you have not abandoned your people. Thank God for the voice of a prophet, a man of God named Jeremiah. Don't forget this part of God's plan that also contained God's promise. Even in a strange land of exile, the Lord was not thinking evil of his people. God's thoughts toward his people then and now are thoughts of peace, of a future, of a hope, and of an expected end. Because of God's plan for his people, Jeremiah had an action for them He had something that they needed to do. Verses 12 and 13 tell us. Jeremiah said, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Right now I want to encourage you to let this time be a time when you're seeking God. Don't just get carried away in distractions or depression. Don't just spend this time idly, but spend this time praying and seeking the Lord. In verse 14, and on the Lord said to them through Jeremiah, I will be found of you. I will be bring you back from this land of captivity. I will gather you and I will bring you to the place that I have promised you. These Jews had hung their harps on the willows. They lost their song, but now God was giving them a choice through the prophet Jeremiah. How are you going to spend this season of exile? You can live in misery or you can live in hope. You can deny the Lord or you can seek the Lord. So I want to tell our church family and every believer watching right now that this is no time to hang your praise up and to walk away from God. It is time for you right now to regain your song and to sing your song in a strange land. You see the Jews who in the beginning of Psalm 137 said, that we could not sing our song. We hung our harps on the willow and we asked the question, how can we sing our song in a strange land? But later we understand that somehow they found their song even in Babylon. You can't spend 70 years not singing and praising and praying to God. Whether it's a month or 14 days, you've got to say that today I will worship the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. And this is the day that the Lord Lord has made, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. From what we understand, it is probable that at least 10 of the 150 Psalms that are contained in our Bible were written either during or about this 70 years of captivity. I have studied and reviewed them. Psalm 44 Psalm 74, 79, 80, 85, 89, 102, 106, 123, and Psalm 137 are text today. Evidently, they changed their outlook and they found their song. They picked up their harp, and God gave them a spirit of revival in that strange land. Hear the words of those Psalms of exile In God, we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. So we, thy people and sheep of thy pasture, will give thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. Turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. We have these words in these psalms because somebody picked up their harp and found their voice and sang their song. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They will walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And then Psalm 102 is a powerful psalm that God is the same forever and ever and his years have no end. They said, praise you the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 106, save us, O Lord, our God and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let the people say amen, praise ye the Lord. And on and on these psalms go. They found their harps, they sang their song and God gave them strength and hope in a strange land. So I want to encourage you today, instead of looking down, look up. The people of God stranded in a strange country, learned to live with what they could not change. In the beginning, in despair, they hanged their harps on the willows. But with spiritual direction from the word of God and a prophet of God, they were encouraged. They picked up their harps and they recovered their song. So I want to ask you, Can you sing your song in a strange land? Like the Jews of Babylon, today, we, every one of us, have a choice. We can do our time in social distancing and online church, or we can be done in by these times. I want to encourage you to choose to do the best of things In the worst of times, seek peace. Pray for peace. Lead people who are living in turmoil to the Prince of Peace. Do not question God's plan for his people and seek the Lord in this season of uncertainty. I want to encourage you to have hope that God is in charge and nothing can sabotage his plan or his purpose. In your life, in His church, and in the earth. You see, while we've been away from the house of God, God has been in your house, in our homes, and He's been in our hearts. You see, the Lord can work in the sanctuary like He did back in the Temple of Jerusalem, and He can work in your home as you engage in online church. Last Sunday, while we were having church here, there were people who felt like they needed to stay home because of health concerns, and so they did, and Sister Virginia and Sister April Pie were watching online, but Sister Virginia had her granddaughter, Mariana, Mariana over at their house, and they were watching church online, but they were just watching it like it was a program. They were watching it like it was in church, and they were engaging in the service and worship. At the end of the service, Mariana said, you know, I want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And at first, they pointed her to the idea of a Bible study, but then sister Virginia said why don't we pray right now and in just a few minutes while watching church online they made the best of things in the worst of times and as you heard today in what's with a party Mariana Pye received the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak in a language she never learned for the very first time. Wednesday we received many messages from people who who are blessed as they listen to the word of God and realize that the word of God is not bound. And we heard from our members that there were friends of theirs who are not members of our church who were watching online and letting God move in their hearts. Yesterday, at 10 o'clock in the morning, we released fifth we released a 15-minute video, a children's ministry devotion chips children in the power zone, and Brother D.J. Hill preached a tremendous message to our children. At the end of that message, Brother D.J. invited everyone watching to tune in and to pray with him, and as he did at the home of Scott and Jana Floyd, Paxton and Becca, begin to respond in worship. You can just see a screenshot of, of Beckett in the front and Paxson in the back and they're worshiping the Lord as Brother DJ has his hands lifted up in worship. And then as they begin to pray, Brother DJ encouraged them and, and someone made their home the house of God. And Jana and Paxton and Beckett were making the best of a bad situation. They didn't just relegate the song to the temple or to the sanctuary, but they brought that song into their home. They picked up their harp, they found their voice, and they began to worship God. And while they did, Paxton went over to his mom, Jana. He put his arms around her, and as he was worshiping the Lord, he began to speak in tongues for the very first time. Jana heard it, and then she talked to Paxton and confirmed it. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate. You can see Paxton's picture on the screen. We're going to celebrate Paxton's salvation with what's with a party. I want to thank God for children, for families, for singles who are learning to sing their song in a strange land. in this place that is so unfamiliar to us, I'm calling you to respond right now. Take your harp off the willow. Find your voice and sing your song. Make your home holy ground. If you've been depressed, why don't you look up to heaven right now for encouragement If you need healing, why don't you believe Jesus Christ right now to heal you physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? Why don't you pray against the attack of the spirit of depression that's trying to drown you in despair? If you need strength, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And if you need salvation, Right now, when you open your heart to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? You can begin to worship the Lord. And right now, wherever you are, we are making this place holy ground. Would you find your voice? Would you sing a song in a strange land? Amen. Right now.